You know, if you haven't figured it out yet, there is something very powerful about praise and worship. And I am so thankful that we are in a church that we have such gifted and talented people that can lead us in the very presence of Jesus Christ through praise and worship. Makes my life a lot easier, my job a lot easier when I get to share the word with you. Sometimes it can be a little more challenging because how do you top that? But at the same time, I know that the Lord has prepared your hearts so it does make my life a little easier. Well, back in January, I had the privilege of, of going up north. Uh, I took a road trip with one of our board members, Todd Meyer, and we were going up back to his hometown of Lapeer, Michigan. Now, I'm a southern boy. I've never been up north. But as we were going, we had to go another way, so we did what most people did. We, we got out our GPS and we started down the road, which is good. You know, GPSs are good to have. And as we're, you know, we're going down the road, at one point in time, I was thinking, I don't know where this GPS is leading us, but this is not a good location. I mean, we don't really feel right here fit. But our GPS was getting us in the right direction. However, we came to a very big intersection, a big city. You know, you go to those big cities, not like Tallahassee. I mean, you got to go like feel like Atlanta and Nashville, and they've got all these different interchanges, all these different on-ramps, off-ramps. I mean, it almost looks like some kid in third grade took the spaghetti and just kind of designed it and said, that'll be a great road system one day somewhere in America. <laughs> Y'all been there, been in those big cities? Well, here we are, we're, we are traveling north, and we're going through a pretty big city, and we're talking, having a good time, and we're not really paying attention to the GPS. And so we kind of veer off the road we're supposed to be on. But we didn't know that. I mean, the road we were traveling looked just like the road we were on. The sights and sounds around us, everything looked great. It seemed like we were going north. I mean, everything seemed picture perfect. And to be honest with you, we would have probably driven that way for another 10 hours if the warning sound didn't come on and she kept reminding us, reroute, reroute, reroute. And I'm thankful that she rerouted us because if she hadn't, there's no telling where we would have wound up. I guarantee it wouldn't have been in Michigan. So I am thankful that GPS was there because while we were traveling down this road, although everything in our eyes, everything in our being made it seem right, it looked right, sounded right, felt right, it was wrong, even though it looked right. And I'm thankful that the GPS got us back on track in the right direction. And here's one of the things I learned about this trip. Once again, I based this trip on a couple people. I thought everybody from the north was really, you know, standoffish, very arrogant, snobbish, don't talk to me, leave me alone. And I based my whole mentality driving north on that concept. Hey, y'all don't laugh at me. You've done the same thing. We all have these preconceived ideas sometimes. And, and when I got up to Lapeer, all of that changed. I met two of the most, I call them Southern people because they're the most warm, loving, caring people in all the world. They're actually Todd's parents. And they're here today. Uh, Mr. Chris and Miss Mary is in the back. They treated us like kings. I don't think they normally treat Todd that way, but because Todd had a guest, they treated him that way. No, I'm teasing. 
Then we go out to a local restaurant, the same thing. And what I learned was a lot of times you and I can get a preconceived idea based on one or two people, and it shatters the whole rest of really the culture around you. Some of you have had a bad taste of maybe what Christianity has looked like because of two or three people around you. Don't let two or three people be the judge for all the rest of us. Learn. Although Todd and I thought we were going in the right direction, we were going in the wrong direction. And that's what I want to speak to you this morning on the wrong right. Do you realize in your brain, you think sometimes you can be so right when you're actually so wrong? I know it's hard to imagine. I mean, most everybody in this building, we're real humble. We would never think we're right. We always concede that we're wrong. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to the altar later on that one if you think that way. <laughs> I'm the guilty one. I'm always thinking I'm right. But we could be wrong. So here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Now, look at that for a minute. There is a way. What it's telling you, that word way means there's a path. There is um, a lifestyle. There is the direction that you want to go in that in your brain and in your mind, you think it's right. All the appearance of it makes it sound that way. It looks that way. It feels that way. Everything in your being would dictate that. I mean, the word right actually means to be morally justified, to be acceptable. It means to be most appropriate. Do you realize we live in a day and time where many, many people are taking paths that they think they're right when in all reality they're very wrong? They think that the road they're traveling down, they think that the life that they're leading it's going to bring them joy. It's going to bring them peace. It's going to bring them fulfillment. And in all reality, it will bring them death and destruction because that's exactly what this verse says. In the end. Notice it says in the end. The devil never wants to tell you the end in the beginning because you wouldn't go down that road. That's why he waits to surprise you at the end. So your life will be devastated. It will be destroyed. It will be just... No hope. But somewhere along the line, we are being fed, we are being taught things that are quote-unquote the right way when all reality, they're the wrong way. And we have to be so careful not to do that. Now, we could say, well, I, I get it. I know that, that drug addiction, alcoholism, that, that's not what we're talking about here. That's part of it. But there's even more than that. And I'm going to get into that in a few minutes. The way that you and I travel is going to be in one or two directions this morning. We're either going to be traveling towards the kingdom of God with Jesus Christ, or we're going to join hands with the devil in the world and travel towards hell. There is no other directions. You're going one way or the other. The problem is, is that most of us make what we call knee-jerk react decisions when we're doing things rather than looking at it. In fact, we read that in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26. What a key verse. If you don't remember any other verse today, remember this one. It says this, Ponder the path of your feet 
and let all your ways be established. You know what that's saying? Just don't make a whim decision. You need to look way down the road of your life and say, the decisions I'm making right now, where are they going to lead me? The people that I'm engaging with, where are they taking me? The place I am working, where is it leading me? We need to ponder that. But so often we do a knee-jerk reaction to life and to decisions of life, and we wonder why things are so horrible in our life. Solomon, the wisest man, said, listen, we, you and I need to learn before we're going to make a decision, we need to look way down the road of life. Where is this decision ultimately going to take me? When it's all said and done, where is it going to lead me to? Is it going to lead me to peace? Is it going to lead me to fulfillment? Is it going to lead me to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that when I lay my head down at night, I'll sleep in peace? Do you realize the Bible says that when you really truly know Jesus, you can sleep in a deep peace? I mean, you can go to bed. I'm not saying we won't struggle every now and then sleeping, but when you know Jesus, the cares of this world won't seem that big because he is so much bigger. The worries of this world won't seem so bad because in one spoken word, they'll be gone at the name of Jesus. And that's how it works. But for us, we just somehow forget that. We take our eyes off the Lord and we begin to focus on other things. Now, what you need to understand this morning is that when it talks about there is a way that seems right or there a way that seems good, do you realize that if you and I are not careful, we can get on some good ways and those good ways won't lead us to Jesus those good ways will lead us elsewhere. You don't believe me? Let me explain that. Do you realize the very first sin in the Bible that ever took place, the very first sin on planet Earth, when Eve looked at the tree, she saw that it was what? Good. Notice it didn't say, man, that's a horrible tree. We don't need to be eating from that tree. It's, you know, it's like turnip greens or onions or whatever you don't like. I mean, when she saw that, she said, this is good. I mean, this is, this is going to really help me out in a lot of areas of my life. Let's be honest. Sometimes we look at a job and say, well, this is going to be good. It's more money. And you don't realize what you're getting into. Young people, if you don't hear anything else this morning, hear this. If you will base every decision upon your life on Jesus Christ and where he can take you, you'll be so much better off. Don't worry about the job. Don't worry about the place. Don't worry about the location. Worry about Jesus and worry about him directing you and teaching you and showing you and you'll be okay. If Eve would have done that, she'd have realized the tree that she thought was good wasn't that good. Then we go into the New Testament. There's a story about a young man who was a churchgoer. In fact, most people would have noticed him as one of the godly men of the church. He was a young man and he was rich. The Bible says he was a rich, young ruler. Same thing. He finally had to ask Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus then faced him where he was at. Go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the Bible says he went away miserable because see, Jesus wasn't the love of his life. The money was. 
And if you and I are not careful sometimes, we will allow things to get in our way, in our path, and it will distract us and detour us from our life with Jesus. And before we realize it, we'll be gone. We are inundated every day in America with social media, with things that are feeding our brains and telling you this is right, this is what you ought to do, this is how you ought to do it. But what you need to understand is how does that line up with the Word of God? Because we all have to have a starting point somewhere. We all have to have a baseline. Here's what I know for a fact. Try this. Truth never changes. The truth will never change. Your feelings and my feelings, they change every moment of every day. But the truth never changes. In fact, we live in a, a, a time where it's called moral relativism, where that means basically ignore the facts, ignore the, the truth, and let's do everything based upon how you feel and what it's going to do for you emotionally and down the road. Now, if you think I'm crazy, it is being taught everywhere. Let me help you out. Transgenderism. Facts will tell you you're born with genetics. That's it. You don't have to look in the mirror and say, am I a girl, am I a boy? It's pretty clear when you look in the mirror. Your brain and your heart may tell you something different. There's the emotions getting involved. Rest in the facts. God designed you that way. He made you that way. Don't let the devil mislead you any other way. Period. You would be better off doing this, that, and the other because it's really going to make you feel good. And so we chase that philosophy. We, we chase that dream when it's far apart from the Word of God. And then we wonder why we cry ourselves to sleep. We wonder why we've been through divorces. We realize why we've been, why our home is in a wreck. It's because we're basing our life on something other than the truth of God. Come on. Just take a moment and reflect. The things that you do based upon your feelings and emotions, are they really working out for you? They may for the moment, but in the end, you're going to realize they won't. They're going to leave you shipwrecked. I watched a video this past week of a young woman, college grad, speaking to professors. And the whole point of her message was, listen, we've got to learn to deal with, get away from the moral truths of life and we've got to start learning to encourage people. And we've got to start learning to allow people to do their emotions and their feelings. And if they do make a mistake, let's don't frown on that mistake. Let's really encourage them and let them know the mistake was okay. Let's move forward. Well, here's the problem with that. Yes, we do need to encourage people. But the problem is, is that we have been so polluted with saying your sin is not that bad. that nowadays we do things and we won't bat an eye asking Jesus to forgive us. Because it's not that bad. Church, it is that bad. Sin destroys our lives. It destroys our relationship with God Almighty. It destroys our relationship with our family and our friends. And if we don't learn to understand the truth, and if we don't learn to go down the right path, we're going to be in big, big trouble. And for some of you this morning, you know you're doing that very thing. You're basing your entire life philosophy on a stupid TikTok video or a YouTube video rather than God's Word and God's love.
Listen, I'm not, there's some good stuff on YouTube and TikTok. Don't get me wrong. But when you're basing your whole life philosophy and how to get rich quick and how to be happier and how to be better on a video rather than Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, that road will end in death, period. But so often you and I are just enamorated and just consumed with the world. And the world's polluting you. And the world is teaching you that the wrong way is right when it's wrong. We keep going down the wrong road with the wrong beliefs and the wrong systems is because you're doing it in the wrong way. Let me help you out with that. So I've got this printer. It's a label printer that we use over in the children's building. And what's interesting about this printer is that, and I'm sure you've done that. Have you ever bought a gadget, a phone, a printer, or whatever, and when you opened up the box, there was more than one manual in it? I've never opened up a box that didn't have just, only had one. Well, let's be honest. Now, I get it. They were written by some PhD person and you don't understand them. I get that. But let's be honest. I've never opened up a box in my entire life that I found more than one manual in it. So I got one. And I've looked at the manuals and I made sure that I looked on the very back and it, and it doesn't say, listen, if this manual doesn't work, we have manual B for you. In case this one doesn't work, we have another one for you. Has anybody ever found one like that in the boxes you open? No. You know why? Because this manual is designed for this printer. Nothing more, nothing less. Let me tell you what. I had fun. So I found this other manual. And this is another label printer, but it's a different name brand. I tried to make this manual work on this printer. You know what happened? It won't work. I mean, they, they look similar. They have kind of the same ideas. I mean, they have the same, I can use the same IP address, but the way I set them up and use them are completely different. So this manual doesn't work. It's a printer manual, though. That's what's funny. But this printer manual doesn't work for this printer. Well, then I wanted to have fun, and I found this boombox manual. <laughs> well, the boombox manual, they don't even look alike. I mean, they're not even close. There is no play. There is no rewind on this printer. But the manual doesn't work. And then I have a scale manual. You know the scales you set on, do your weight? Here's a scale manual. You know what's weird? It doesn't work on this printer. I've tried. It doesn't work. So I have four manuals in my hand. Three are faulty. The only one that came from the company is the one that works. Just that simple. This is your manual. This is it. This is it. This manual. Nothing else. If you're trying to use any other manual for your life, it will not work. It won't. Do you realize God designed this manual for me and you? It will tell you everything you need to know in life. How to live your life, how to raise your children, how to treat your wife, how to treat your husband, how to, how to treat your boss, how to be a hard worker, how to deal with difficult situations in life. This is it. There's nothing else. So why is it that so often we grab another manual for our life and go after it? I know you do. I've done it. 
Now, hear me. I know there are some, some good books that will help you in your Christian life. I get that. But trust me, if you are not in your manual, you're in big trouble. When all else fails, go back to the manual. I can't tell you how often I'll call, because I'm the IT guy here, I'll call somebody upper division and they're going to refer to the manual. They're going back to that manual. Why? Because that manual is designed to make that product run effectively and efficiently. And when the problem has, when the, when the product has problems, you know what? There's a place in the back that'll tell you how to fix the problem. When you have problems in life, guess what? There's places all in this book that'll help you fix your problem. You may not like it, but it's here. Let me tell you what, there will come a time when you may not understand it. That's why you wrap yourself with people around you like a pastor and a staff and a church family that can love you, that can teach you, that can help you get through life. But church, we have allowed the world to give us a new manual that we should base everything upon feelings and emotions. Jeremiah makes it real clear in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things who can know it. Desperately wicked and deceitful. In other words, your feelings shouldn't even play a part in your decisions in life. But yet they do all the time. They play that part and they shouldn't. You're caught in that fix. And if you'll learn to quit listening to the world and start listening to the Lord, life's going to get better for you. Because each and every day you and I wake up, we choose a path to walk down. What path are you walking down today? What decisions are you making for your life? Because see, you think that some decisions are good and they seem good and they sound good, but in all reality, they may not be good. You may think by me spending a lot of time with my children, teaching them to play softball, teaching them to do this, teaching them to do that, giving them items that will help them in life is good. But if you're not teaching the Word of God within their life, one day they're going to crash and they're going to burn and it won't be pretty. I remember when I was a teenage boy, I was probably 16 or 17 years old, my brother-in-law got his kids a swing set. And we were going to put it together one night. You know, the typical, let's put it together. So we had, a car, we had, we had the carport, we had the, the swing set, and we opened the box. And we do like most every man does. The very first thing you do with the directions is you do what? You just throw it out of the side. So, so my brother-in-law and me and my, my dad, we worked on the swing set for two hours. And it looked like, like a Rubik's Cube, man. It looked like it was all mixed up. The colors were, I mean, it, it wasn't even close to being together. I mean, it's just a swing set. I mean, how difficult can it be? For two hours, we worked on that thing. And it was really, I mean, it was sad when you looked at it. So humbly, we reached over, grabbed the directions, opened them back up, had to take everything back apart. And within 30 minutes, it looked right. Why? Because we followed the directions. You and I right now, we're caught. We are caught in a tug of war. I mean, you're being stretched right now. 
you're being stretched towards heaven and you're being stretched towards hell. And, and nothing against this side of the church. This is the south. <laughs> you just have to understand, this is, the, this is the south and that's the north. So typically when we go to heaven, we go north, you know, when you go. So it just, just happened to be that way. <laughs> so, so forgive me. Just, I'm just, just follow the illustration, okay? So right now you are caught in a tug of war. And this is what it looks like. You're called, this is a different kind of tug of war. This is what we call a reverse tug of war. We're not trying to pull you into the middle. You're actually being pulled one way or another. Either the things of the world are going to begin to pull you one way or the things of Christ are going to be pull you another way. And if we're not careful, we get pulled. It's easily done. I mean, young people, you're thinking right now, I'm getting ready to graduate high school. I'm getting ready to start a career. I may want to buy a vehicle. I'm, I'm thinking about a career. I'm thinking about a home, uh, a place in life. I mean, that's, you get caught there. I mean, we all do. We, we all need those things. That, that's part of it. But what happens is that we're not asking the Lord, what kind of vehicle should I get? Lord, what kind of career do you want me to have? God, what kind of home do you want me to buy? God, I know my place in this world is not defined by my friends of the world. My place is defined by you and who I am in you. And so we struggle to find our place in life. So guess what happens? We begin to listen to people. We begin to listen to our heart. And the next thing you know, we begin to step this direction. And this is what it looks like. You, you begin to move in this direction. Now, I still see the Lord. I still see heaven. But notice that it's no longer equal. There's more of a tug now on me from the world than it is from the Lord. Because what happens, I have stepped in this direction away from Jesus. And I'm not really taking Jesus with me. Because I'm not really praying, God, is this is what you want me to do? Is this the person you want me to date? God, is this the person you want me to marry? Lord, is this the job you want me to have? God, is this the place you want me to live? We're, we've, that's gone out the window. And the reason it has is because we've made up our mind. I've chosen the path. I want to have what I see everybody else has. And I want to enjoy what everybody else is enjoying. So I've stepped in this direction. And now that I've started in this direction, guess what? Now I've got to work harder. Because I've got to work harder because I need to get the promotion. And I've got to work longer because I need to have the money to do that. And you know what? I need to start pursuing other ideals and other ideas because... If I'm really going to fit in this world and I'm going to fit in this culture that I want to be in, I may need to change the way I think. I read an article yesterday that a woman said, are there any absolute truths? And this woman said, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe in absolute truths because I believe in the Bible. However, anytime you see the word however, you know that's dangerous. However, we could be wrong. The Islams could be right. The Buddhists could be right. I'm thinking, no, no. But see, guess what? Guess what she's been listening to? The world. She's been listening to everything else but the truth. The truth is in God's Word. And because we have pursued longer hours, which takes away from your family, because we pursued longer hours, it's distanced itself from friends. Now it's looking like this. 
where we're shifting farther away from Jesus, I can still see him faintly. I can still maybe remember some Bible verses and kind of, I'm not going to church that much anymore, maybe once a month because I got a job. I'm busy. I'm working. You know, I don't have time for Wednesday nights. I'm I'm pursuing those things that's going to make me happy, that's going to fulfill my need, that's going to satisfy me. And I'm shifting further away from heaven. It's distant now. I can still kind of remember some of those stories from church and remember some things, but I am farther away from the Lord than I probably have ever been. But because I have worked so hard and because I am spending my entire energy on chasing a dream that the devil gave me, not Jesus, I'm wore out. I don't fit in. I'm not accepted. But then I have to take the next step. I then turn to drugs. I then turn to alcohol. I then turn to other things because I'm too tired to work, so I've got to have the drugs to make me work. I've got I to get my step up going. Uh, I'm too pressured at work, so I'm going to get the drugs to help me get through work. Um, I'm not accepted on social media. I feel shattered and crushed, so I need to have this so I'll feel accepted. Listen, if you really want to be accepted, you get in the presence of Jesus Christ and you'll have all the acceptance you ever need. I promise you. He is my acceptance. But guess what? This is, this is me. I, I've got my whole life now is evolved around these things because I've tried at the beginning to chase this dream. And now I look like this. This is what I look like now. I am so far away from heaven, I don't even see it anymore. I become numb. It no longer has an effect on me. I could care less about everybody else because my life has been so wrapped up in me and chasing the dream that the devil gave me I no longer know what it's like to be loved by Jesus. I no, no longer know what it's like to be a part of a group of people that love me for who I am, not what I give them, not what I can do for them. And I've chased the dream. And I'm empty now. And now I've gotten to the place in my entire life where it looks like this. It's just a dark, empty void. There is no hope for my life. Why? Because way back here... I started going down the path that Jesus didn't lead me down. Satan led me down. And I started looking at all the wrongs in everybody else rather than looking at the right in Jesus Christ. And I started chasing my dreams and my passions rather than asking the Lord, what is your dream? What is your passion for me? And if you really think that going down that road is going to help you, let me remind you, The end is death. It's destruction. And if you don't think that, let me make it clear to you this morning. There is a a group out called the Imagine Dragons. They're a kind of a pop group. They've been around since 2012. Some of you may know who they are, some of you don't. There's four members of their band. They are worth over $100 million. Two of them are worth over $30 million. Two of them are worth over $20 million. So they have all the fame you could ever want. They have all the popularity you could ever want. They pretty much have all the money you could ever want. They've got that because they're chasing that dream. But two years ago, this is what 
the lead artist penned as a song. Listen to what it says. Can I wish on a star for another life? Because it feels like I'm on my own tonight. And that's exactly how you're going to be when the devil leads you down that road. And not only that, you're going to be just like this man. You're going to find yourself in pieces. Your life is going to be destroyed because he's chasing the wrong thing of life. Then he goes on to say, these are pills on the table. And I thought, and I had a thought in my head. And if I walk through the halls where I used to be led, my heart is filled with reasons. So now he's looking at those pills and he's pondering the thought, what do I do? And then he says this, I'm trying to be somebody else. I'm finding it hard to love myself. Let me tell you what, when the devil has used you up and spit you out, you're going to find it very hard to love yourself. You're going to be empty and broken in pieces. I wanted to be somebody new, but that's impossible to do. And he's right. He will never achieve it on his own. Never. If you are trying to get your life right, you'll never achieve it on your own. He goes on to say, I'm running out of my mind. Is this really my life? I'm running out of time. Is this really my life? My life? He goes on to say, I could run from it all, but I'd only get lost. Listen, you can't run from your problems. You can't run from them. The only way you're ever going to get rid of your problems, you've got to run to Jesus. That's the only way. You can run from your problems no matter where you go. Guess what? There you are. They're going to follow you. Oh, I've walked the bridge. I've walked on the bridge that I should have never crossed. We've all been that. Now listen to how he, how he kind of finishes up here. And I find myself a user. Oh, I wake every day with addictions to feed. They call me friend, but I'll never be freed from the face of a faithless future. Multi-millionaire. All the fame, everything a man could ever want. And yet he pins on a piece of paper, I'm dying. I'm without hope. My world is dark and dreary. Why? Because he went down the wrong road. He took the wrong path. The devil promised him he'd have great time and a great place. And he did for the moment. But in the end, he's hopeless. Some of you this morning, you know what I'm talking about. Right now, you feel like your life is empty. It's shattered. You are numb to everything. Because no matter which way you turn in your life, it leads you to a dead-end, broken road. Because you chose the wrong path to take. But let me give you some good news. This morning, if you will turn your eyes upon Jesus... If you will look unto the hills from where your help comes. If you will look unto the author, the finisher of your faith. You will know that the Lord is your light and your salvation. That's it. He is your light and your salvation. So here's the way this should look. As the devil is pulling on you so much, we're going to start going towards Jesus. And as you begin to turn towards the Lord, 
Your problems are going to fall off your side. Your addictions are going to leave you alone. Your misery is going to let you go because you're going to turn your back on the devil and you're going to say, Jesus, today I am turning my eyes on you. Today, I'm going to take that first step of faith and I'm going to walk to the front of this church and I'm going to let you change my life. Today, I'm going to let go of the wrong path. I'm going to start down the right path today for you, Jesus Christ. Listen to what it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 through 27. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Look to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, and don't look at anything else. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Determine This is where I'm going and I'm not looking back. And then I'm not going to get sidetracked. And I'm going to keep my feet from following evil. And then when you start heading down this direction, this is what it's going to start looking like for your life. Notice that the pools of the enemy are slipping away because you're going to be closer to the Lord and the Spirit's going to begin to pull you more into His presence and in His power. And when you get closer to the Lord, man, it feels great. Man, it, it's, it's awesome to be forgiven. It, it's so incredible to know that my life is in His hands. And when I do mess up, He's going to forgive me. But I'm going to crash at His feet and ask Him to forgive me. And when the devil tries to begin to pull at me, I'm going to go back to the truth, which is God's Word. And this is what it says in God's Word. Be careful to obey these commands. I am giving you. Show love to the Lord your God by how? By walking in His ways and what? Holding tightly to Him. Listen, when the devil wants to pull you, you just say, nope, Lord, pull me. Don't let him, nope, nope, I'm I'm holding on. I've let go. He may be grabbing my shirt, but I am holding on for dear life. And the more I hold on to Jesus and the more I ignore the world, the closer I'm going to get to Him. And then my life's going to look like this. Pretty soon, the enemy really won't have an influence in my life. Pretty soon, I'm not saying he won't tempt me. I'm not saying he's not going to try to badger me. But let me tell you what, I'm not going to give him the time. You know why? Because my conversations are with the Lord, not with the devil. My thoughts and my love's with the Lord, not with the devil. And when I get here, you know what I'm going to learn to do? I'm going to learn to serve the Lord and fear him. I'm going to obey His commandments. I'm going to listen to His voice. And I'm going to cling to Him. Do you notice how we have to hold on and cling? Because the enemy so desperately wants to pull you. But let me tell you what, church. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. If you are going after Him with all of your heart. If you are going after Him with all your soul. With all your mind. And all your strength. Where are you at this morning? Are you caught between the two worlds? Or has Satan really pulled you away? Has he pulled you all the way over here? Let's quit listening to the the enemy. Why don't we start listening to the voice of the Lord? That's where it starts. And the more we listen to him, the more we go after him, the more we'll care less about what's on social media. The more we'll care about how many likes and how many followers we have. We'll only care about one, Jesus Don't sacrifice yourself. Don't sacrifice your family or your friends on the altar of the devil. Give your life to Jesus and he'll make it whole and new. So the choice is yours. You don't have to make a choice right now. 
The devil is tempting you. Some of your heart is racing 90 to nothing right now. And you know that the Lord is pulling you. Don't be a fool and go towards the enemy because it will be easier just to keep going. Why don't you listen to the Holy Spirit speak to your heart this morning? Why don't you drop your guard and say, God, I'm tired of my life being in utter ruins. I'm tired of my life being destroyed because I've taken the wrong path. I have forgotten you and I've gotten off the wrong path. Lord, today I want to step on the right path and I want to keep my eyes on you, the author and the finisher of my faith. So when all is said and done, Lord, I'm going to be fully at peace and content and I'm going to be happy, happy, happy. What path are you on? Why don't you start today by knowing that if the path I'm on, it's Jesus and Jesus only, I'm good. If it's Jesus and something else or not Jesus at all, you're in the wrong place. Make sure it's Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. And this morning, I pray for every person within the sound of my voice that today they have heard your truth. That today they'll quit listening to the lies of the enemy and today's the day they're going to be set free. Today's the day, Lord, you're going to give them a heart that will love and a heart that will follow. Today's the day, Lord, you're going to heal them from their past hurts and their previous bondages. Today, you're going to do a miracle in their life, Jesus, because you are the creator, the giver of life. And in Jesus' name, I proclaim that you set us free today, that you would heal us, you would deliver us, and you would give us not only a place in this world, but a place to serve, a purpose for living, and a peace that passes all understanding. Jesus, I ask today that no one would turn their back on you. They would come running to you so that you could truly do a work in their life and they would be a brand new person. Father, we look to you to heal us, to save us, and to forgive us. So let your light so shine before us that we'll be saved. Jesus, right now, may your name permeate every heart and life and may we truly be impacted by you and changed by you. I pray that in your name. Amen.